0: Hello Sobertown, this is an audio blog recording from Todd. To see the original article and references and for a broad range of resources on beginning and maintaining an alcohol free lifestyle, visit Sobertownpodcast.com. Today's article is Your Body on Booze, The Mouth. So first a note, what we observe in these articles can be a dose of reality. And I recommend you only read or listen on if you are ready to hear the truth about the damage consuming alcohol can do to your body. But if you want a very good reason and motivation not to drink alcohol, read or listen to these articles from start to finish, because the journey is quite revealing. So step into a pill sized submarine with me as we travel alongside a sip of alcohol through the human body. This is the first in what will be a series of articles which follow ethanol around the body, observing its effects on the body in detail. In these entries, we'll follow alcohol through the body from top to bottom, and investigate how it impacts each region, both directly and indirectly. And we'll explore any interesting points and facts along the way. Interesting or possibly scary. This might be a big one. So strap in as we initiate the shrinking ray, And get our vessel down to size and then let's go. So we buckle our seats and our mini size sub is plopped into the glass of alcohol. Engine's on, down periscope, hold on to your butt. The drink is tipped into the mouth, swish, swish, hold on tight. So The drink sits in the mouth cavity and gets swirled around in there as we ride the wave in our little submarine. Depending on the strength of the alcohol you threw back, You might feel a warm burn in the mouth. This is because ethanol activates receptors in our body which usually tell the brain something is hot. Alcohol just happens to have the ability to fire these receptors off, as heat would. And as well as this, it's believed some of the burning sensation occurs due to a rapid inflammatory response caused by the alcohol. You'll understand why that may be the case soon. The ethanol in the alcoholic drink immediately gets to work on our body even when it's just in the mouth. In fact, while many people ignore the mouth as a potential trouble area regarding alcohol, nothing could be further from the truth. Think about this, the alcoholic drinks we consume are at their strongest and purest as they enter the mouth. Imagine a shot of 40% alcohol volume liquor, that's 40% strength ethanol, swishing around in the mouth straight up with no further dilution. Any strength is potentially damaging, but wine and above, that is around 10% and up, is particularly capable of causing substantial damage. So, ethanol is one of the few substances which can effectively separate the cells which make up the lining of the mouth and penetrate them. These cells form a barrier to protect the mouth, and they're called the epithelial cells. Collectively, These can be called the oral mucosal lining. Now, these epithelial cells either cop the damage themselves or they make way for the damage to occur underneath them. The epithelial cells could be considered the tough and protective, or if necessary, the sacrificial barrier at the front line. They are the poor souls set out in front in a fight who are likely to take the first round of impact in an attack. And in the mouth, they separate our deeper cells from the outside world. So imagine a brick wall. The bricks are your cells which line the surface of the inside of the mouth, protecting everything underneath. Now imagine it rains on this brick wall. The grout between the bricks is totally fine with normal rain, and it does its job to protect everything underneath. The rain washes off the wall with no substantial impact. The epithelial cells which line our mouth just like the wall, are fine with most substances we consume, and they do their job to protect the cells underneath. Or consider the epithelial cells the front line in a medieval war. This front line has toughened fighters who hold heavy armor and shields. These soldiers can almost always fend off an attack, which is good, because the soldiers behind them, who they protect, have barely any armor, and they are not equipped to fight and regroup, like the armored epithelial soldiers are. They need the protection of this front line of tough, armoured, epithelial soldiers. Use whichever comparison you feel works for you, wall or soldiers. The wall is resistant, so the water from the rain just washes over it without damage being caused. Or the soldiers bat away the attacking force with no unusual effort. But now imagine we have a big downpour of strong acid rain. The acid is able to eat away at the grout and work its way between the bricks, then as it passes through it's allowed to damage the important contents behind or at the base of the wall. Or if you prefer, imagine the toughened soldiers protecting the less capable army behind them are attacked by a line of heavy cavalry, giant war horses covered in armour, steaming along at full speed. The front line of your army are tough and skilled and armoured, but they have no hope in defending against a charging warhorse. That warhorse is alcohol. The horses smash through the front line and wound the protective line of soldiers or penetrate the protective barrier that they form, allowed then to wreak havoc on the, on the under armoured and under prepared army that lay behind. Your epithelial cells are literally like a wall in your mouth or like a protective line of soldiers. They are packed close together to protect the cells of your mouth underneath from whatever you put in your mouth. The cells underneath are more vulnerable to damage. Alcohol can penetrate this natural wall of cells we have in our mouth as well as cause them unusually large amounts of damage. Alcohol is the acid rain. Alcohol is the attacking heavy cavalry. The ethanol penetrates between the cells and irritates and damages your tissues underneath, like a crashing warhorse breaking through, like a worm burrowing a passage through where there should be none, or like acid eating away at the surface until it opens a hole up. This simply put, not good. Feng and others, in 2013, found in studying specimens who died of chronic alcoholism, quote, the findings of this study show that drinking alcohol over an extended time may lead to carcinogenic changes in oral mucosa. End quote. This study also revealed that in about half of those studies they had observed widespread necrotic points through the mucosa of the mouth. Necrotic or necrosis means essentially death of living tissue. They also found common examples of nerve bundles damaged in the mouth cavity mucosa and blood vessel damage. This effect of penetrating the epithelial barrier allows the ethanol to cause damage to our cells and active oxidation may damage our DNA. As the ethanol passes through and allows other carcinogens and contaminants to damage underneath, this point is key. When alcohol is in our mouth and causing this damage and penetration, it is not only the ethanol which is causing the harm alone. The damage and permeability it creates allows more entry and damage by other compounds which would usually be stuck behind the frontline barrier which our epithelial cells create. And this is simply put, not good. When our mouth is opened up to additional carcinogens, we again increase the risk of cancers developing and other damage. Take for example the well established statistic whereby alcohol plus smoking combined allows for greater risk of cancer than alcohol alone or smoking alone. This is because the noxious agents within the cigarette smoke is then allowed to cause additional damage as alcohol clears a path for it to affect the cells of our mouth cavity. So while drinking though common It's precisely the worst time you could smoke. Smoking aside, there are actually known carcinogens present within some alcoholic beverages aside from the ethanol itself, some more than others. However, this is the same story. Any harmful compounds within the drink, aside from the ethanol itself, are then allowed to pass and do more damage than they would otherwise have been able to do because of the ethanol, the work it does on the barrier cells of our mouth. Our body does its best, but we were not able to ingest alcohol without causing damage, not even at the entry point, our mouth. The risk has been present and known for quite a long time. Look at another quote from research by Feng and Wang in 2013. Quote, Previous researchers have confirmed that the most important risk factors in the development of oral cancer are smoking and alcohol. So smoking, that might not surprise you, but alcohol? I think they left that off the label. You see, the ethanol, alcohol, penetrates the lining of the mouth and irritates the cells underneath. It irritates, damages and destroys. Add repeat bouts as we tend to do as drinkers and the repeated irritation eventually causes tissue damage and eventually other big problems such as mouth or throat cancer can occur. Not definitely, not with complete certainty, but the risk absolutely increases due to alcohol. Seriously, does that shock you? We're only talking about the mouth so far, and the science is in. We know through many studies that the most important risk factors in development of oral cancer are smoking, sure, and alcohol. So... Rant time, sober town. Where do we get off as a society supposedly built on the knowledge accrued by health research knowing what we do about the severe damage and increased cancer risks associated with alcohol consumption while we inform the public so poorly and minimally of this truth that barely any citizen even has a clue that the alcohol they drink accompanies smoking as the most prevalent cause of oral cancers? And this is one form of many cancers directly linked to consuming alcohol. This is a disgrace, a verifiable disgrace. We have the choice whether to drink or not, but we should also be presented the well-known risks so as to be able to make an informed choice and largely we are not shown or told the truth. So far, the only communication has been to add a tiny pregnancy warning on the labels and even that was met with firm resistance by industry. In Australia, every cigarette or cigar package legally must show horrendous, real pictures of the damage smoking can cause. These are truly impactful pictures, cancers, disgusting diseased eyes or limbs, all sorts of horrendous images, and they work. I wonder how far off we are from forcing the change to make alcohol packaging display the damage it can cause in graphic detail and deterring pictures. Because it is capable of causing atrocious disease and we know this. It is and it does. I do not know when labelling and health drives by our governments will begin to convey the truth properly, but the truth is the truth and the damage is very real. So I believe this will eventually come to be. Currently there is too much static, too much bullshit pumped out by the industry, too much weakness from our health departments. This is a machine, it is hidden, it is overlooked but alcohol is literally fucking with our bodies and minds in such significant ways and we pretend that it is okay. We pretend it is okay to swallow a hydrocarbon compound that is verified to cause multiple forms of cancer, that causes clear evidence one day later of pure suffering, that can run a car and kill germs. Think about it. When the fuck did we ever think that this compound would be safe to consume? Change is now and knowledge is power. Knowledge is step one to change. I tell you this beyond a shadow of a doubt from me or from the peer-reviewed research. There is zero healthy effects of swallowing ethanol and I will continue to prove this to you from the mouth and beyond. I'm not advocating for another attempt at prohibition, so do not get me wrong. I believe in choice. I am simply suggesting the public have a right to be shown the reality of the health risks attached to drinking alcohol in an actual, meaningful way. Quiet and occasionally discussed recommendations on drinking are disgustingly inadequate. I believe in choice, but I believe strongly in our right to be shown the truth And to make a more informed decision and this truth is what we have been and are being denied. When an individual takes a bottle from the shelf they should be informed that the contents of this bottle are carcinogenic and that their consumption especially over time and especially though not exclusively through high levels of use will raise their risk of developing multiple forms of cancer in their future. I strongly believe if we all understood the true risk of cancerous change associated with drinking that many more of us would decide to abstain indefinitely. And the reduced burden on the health system and reduced suffering physically and mentally would be mammoth. You see, use of alcohol causes suffering acutely, straight away and chronically through later disease. This is a lose-lose drug with a tiny duration of desirable effects outweighed by epic amounts of bodily and mental suffering. If I were informed of the true risk every time I bought a six pack, I know I would have quit earlier. The government recommendations are to drink very minimally or not at all, which is great. It follows the research. But a recommendation is fine. For the message to be heard, however, it needs the force of truth behind it. It needs strong public messaging. It needs funding and it needs to swat aside industry lobbying. We have seen this past two years that our governments are capable of such messaging. No excuses. This is what is needed for us to be shown the truth and to be able to make informed choices. You now know it causes cancer. This is the undeniable and verified truth. OK, rant over. Let's get back to it. So if we drive our little submarine around with a floodlight on and we take a close look at the lining of the mouth, we might see several changes to the mouth lining due to the alcohol. We might see gaps developing between the protective lining, like bricks in the wall missing, which allow harmful substances to irritate underneath. We might also see these protective cells atrophy, which means wasting or shrinking. So our brick wall might include shrunken, broken and undersized bricks which also allow harmful substances in. We will see with our floodlight, quote, dysplastic changes with keratosis and increased number of mitotic figures. What this means is very basically put, change in the cells of the mouth that are very undesired in nature. Dysplastic cells are often precancerous, keratosis is thickened lining layers. Look at it like this. When we shine our floodlight around the damaged areas in the mouth, it would be comparable at a cellular level to seeing a war zone in the worst affected areas of the mouth. The walls are bomb blasted and have big holes in them with protruding sparking wires and water pipes spraying water everywhere. This represents the cells being damaged by the ethanol and carcinogens in alcohol drinks damaging and destroying the otherwise healthy cells deeper in the mouth cavity. The immune system then kicks in there is inflammation growing in the damaged areas. So the bricklayers and the tradesmen, they're rolling in to patch up the damage and they do a great job. We heal quite well, but we keep blasting the inside of our mouth with metaphorical bombs as we drink more and more and the repair job can be a little hacked when we overdo it to the point where we build up scar tissue and thickened linings, just like a badly braced wall or a hole that's been patched too many times. This may sound dramatic, but not really. The destruction to our cells is very real. We're just lucky our bodies have such a great ability to heal. But this doesn't last forever, and sometimes instead of heal, the DNA is damaged and the cells divide in a way we would consider very bad. We simply cannot ask our body to repair again and again from repeat damage. There is a point to which these cells change for the worse. We also see the salivary glands become swollen and overactive though it's uncertain as to why this change occurs up up to now. Aside from this, the after-effects of drinking have huge effects on the mouth too. Dehydration causes gum irritation and dryness and glossitis inflammation of the tongue. Healing ability becomes impaired and our increased consumption of bad foods and sugars directly impact dental health while people under the influence of alcohol then in turn have a tendency to clench and grind causing jaw joint problems and dental wearing. The horrible acetaldehyde infuses into the saliva and this compound is also a verified carcinogen, a horrible substance we create as we break down alcohol and we'll cover this more in detail later. Basically nothing is working well. The well-known fact is that alcohol consumption both during consumption and days after Leads to poorer lifestyle choices, commonly in the form of bad foods, sugar, nutrient-devoid and calorie-rich foods, and other excessively produced goods come into the equation, which contribute to early tooth and gum decay or disease. Alcohol consumption is a dentist's nightmare, or a dentist's new Porsche, perhaps, depending on how you look at it. The current safe recommended levels which have recently been adjusted down in Australia to the following, quote, if you're a healthy adult to reduce the risk of harm from alcohol-related disease or injury, healthy men and women should drink no more than 10 standard drinks a week and no more than four standard drinks on any one day. The less you choose to drink, the lower your risk of harm from alcohol. For some people, not drinking at all is the safest option end quote. Thanks Australian Government for having that neatly neatly tucked away on your website and seemingly not advertised anywhere else to any meaningful or impactful degree. Ten standard drinks is barely more than a bottle of wine or a six pack of beer per week depending on the type of both of those. Four standard drinks is little more than two beers or a large glass of wine. All the while here in Australia, Many people are judging the character of our Prime Ministers on their ability to pound beers or sink a few pints at the footy. But the recommendation is there. It is real, it is based on the research and it exists. The government acknowledges it, and so far that seems to be about all. The fact is that yes, alcohol does cause or increase the risk of cancer among other serious disease. It is a Group 1 carcinogen. This is something as a society and as individuals we excel at ignoring. Excel. Overlooking, dismissing, and in some cases even counter-arguing. Seriously. Alcohol is healthy is still slung around here. I hear it often. This is categorically erroneous, and any benefit is only drawn from contents other than ethanol, which are very easily included in a diet from many non-alcoholic sources. Within the article I draw from, Alcohol does cause damage and cancerous change in the mouth. As you'll find out, the mouth is only one region prone to increased cancer risk through consuming alcohol. So I think we've seen all we need to see here in the mouth. Let's get this submarine moving again because I think we're about to be swallowed. And I also think we've probably scared ourselves enough for one small area. Like I said, this may be a bit of a long and scary ride. So, in summary for the mouth, ethanol can penetrate the protective lining of the mouth, allowing harm to come to the underlying cells. Long-term exposure to alcohol is responsible for substantial damage and death to the cells of the mouth and may lead to cancers occurring. Quote, alcohol and its metabolite, acetaldehyde, are both classified as group 1 carcinogens. That's cancer causing agents. This is the highest carcinogen rating, equal to tobacco smoke and asbestos. Alcohol consumption is a risk factor for mouth, pharynx, larynx, esophagus, breast, bowel, and liver cancers. The risk of developing these alcohol caused cancers increases with the amount of alcohol consumed. So, to repeat, alcohol group 1 carcinogen, highest carcinogen rating, there simply is not any denying. So to the question, does alcohol cause cancer? Let me answer that question with another question. Does a bear shit in the woods? Does the tin man have a sheet metal cock? You get it. Yes, 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 known, verified, researched, confirmed, yes. Sorry to be a downer, Sobertown. Sometimes we need to know what we are or have been doing to ourselves to drive in the importance of giving it up. The good news is that if you stop, the damage stops. The risk factors lower eventually, though this takes time. The healing begins and continues only after stopping. Research by REM and others in 2007 which centred on head and neck cancers found the following, Quote, In general, these studies have found that stopping alcohol consumption is not associated with immediate reductions in cancer risk. The cancer risk eventually declines, although it may take years for the risk of cancer to return to those of never drinkers. So, although the risks take time to reduce, they do but it does take time. Noting this study centres on the head and neck. The fact is, though, the damage has got to stop. And regardless of risk factors reducing or not, continuing consumption will only worsen the future health risk. If you take one thing from this, it should be that alcohol is a verified Group 1 carcinogen. This means alcoholic beverages are on the very same shelf in risk of cancer as asbestos, smoking, HIV infection, ionizing radiation, such as X-rays and gamma rays, plutonium, strong inorganic acid mist, and many more. These are all group one carcinogens and right there with them is alcohol and its breakdown product, acetaldehyde. Class one, group one, carcinogen verified. If you want reason to stay away from it, there you go. So Sobertown, what better reason or motivation to stop drinking? Stopping is what Sobertown is here for. So stay tuned as we continue the journey and we travel from the mouth and down the oesophagus to the stomach in the next fun-filled exploratory episode of Your Body on Booze. Sober Town, you can stop the damage. You can do it. You can lower the risk. You don't have to get there immediately and it is tough but you have to keep trying and put in the work and use your tools and it will stick. Remember At Sobertown, you absolutely are not alone. You are not alone. Okay, thanks, Sobertown. Remember to protect your soldiers, protect your wall. Now you know for sure that alcohol is a group one carcinogen. Stop putting that in your mouth. Catch you later.